Hello, I'm Derek Walker, pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're looking at praise and thanksgiving and worship and the power of praise, the benefits of praise. And we saw that praise, uh, our praise blesses God. That's the number one reason to praise God, really. It gives him pleasure. Number two, we've seen a whole lot of benefits, that praise benefits us in many ways. We saw some, for example, praise brings us into God's presence and God's presence into us. Praise brings us into total victory. Praise releases the glory of God in our lives. Praise delivers us from a spirit of heaviness and depression. Praise is beautifying, uh, beautifies us and our character. Praise releases spiritual strength into our hearts. The joy of the Lord is our strength, empowering us for, for, for living, especially under pressure, and to do God's will under pressure. And number seven, through a lifestyle of praise, we pursue God and bring our hearts into harmony and submission to God. And the more you are in submission to God, the more authority he can trust to you. And number eight, uh, praise is and worship is foundational for developing and sustaining our moral character and uh, our virtue. And number nine, we saw last time, praise and worship brings us into greater mental health, into peace of mind. It breaks the pride of us. It helps us to have a healthy perspective and it, and it brings us into the peace of God. And so praise blesses God, it benefits us. And thirdly, I just want to mention also that praise binds Satan. Um, in fact, we'll see all of three of these aspects in Psalm 149. It says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. So it's all right to use your body to be active in praising God, not just your tongue. Let them sing praises to him with a timbrel and harp, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. So there we are, it blesses God. He takes pleasure in his people, especially when they're praising him. He will beautify the humble with salvation. And there is one of the benefits that praise beautifies us. It, it uh, releases the fullness of our potential in our life, it brings forth the full beauty of what God made us to be. And then it says, uh, so he'll beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory, in glorifying God. Let them sing aloud on their beds. And now we see that praise also binds Satan because it says, verse six, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations, punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains. In other words, to bind the principalities and powers that rule the darkness of this world. And to bind their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honour have all his saints, praise the Lord. So notice that the saints are given two instruments with which they might bind the enemy. Number one, it's the word of God, the written word of God, the, which talks about the judgment, the written judgment which is the sword of the spirit that we use. And secondly, we have what is called the high praises of God. 
And so when you declare the judgment written in the word of God concerning Satan's defeat, and you exalt God with your high praises, then the demonic powers are chained, are bound. Now notice, in biblical spiritual warfare, the ma our main attention is on God, the high praises of God. We only address the enemy to declare the written judgment that is against him. A big danger of some spiritual warfare is focusing too much on Satan and what he's doing rather than praising God. And if we do that, then the problem is Satan and his works seem bigger than God in our mind. And uh, we lose sight of the fact we already have the victory in Christ. So we should be praying from a position of victory rather than trying to get the victory in the flesh. And so we are standing in the victory and enforcing the victory of Christ. And so we should start, before we enter into spiritual warfare, we should start by magnifying God in high praise. And then Satan will take on his real size in, as compared to God. And then when we have got that right perspective, then it is time to address the enemy and to declare the, the judgment that is written against him. We see this also in Psalm 8. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Now this is a psalm about dominion and spiritual warfare. And notice the psalmist starts with praise. He is declaring the excellency of God's name. And then he says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength or praise because of your enemies that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. And so praise, you see, uh, even out of the mouth of babes, praise silences the enemy. Praise releases the angels and it binds the demonic powers. And so through praise, God's power is released against the enemy to silence him, to bind him. And that's how you can silence the voice of the enemy and you can nullify the work of the enemy in your life by really praising God as never before. We see this illustrated in 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat, he faced a massive army made up of three different nations that race inspired by Satan to join together to destroy Israel. And how did Jehoshaphat respond? He actually sought the Lord and the Lord showed him what to do and he responded with praise. He sent the choir out in front of the troops as he went to face the enemy armies. Uh, verse 21 it says, He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy or his covenant love endures forever. And what we see in the story is that the praise released the power of God and it nullified the enemy. It sent the enemy camp into confusion. They praised him, notice, for his covenant-keeping character. They praised the Lord, his mercy, that's his covenant love, endures forever. His covenant faithfulness. And so they're praising him for his faithfulness. Israel had a covenant with God and to, to protect them, and so they were calling on that covenant, and they were thanking him that he was faithful to his covenant, that he will fight for them. And so as they did that, uh, they actually released the power of God against the enemy. And it says that when they began to sing and to praise, 
okay? This happened when they sung and praised. So the praise is the key. That released the power of God, as we're going to read. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Notice it was when they began to sing and praise that God's power was released in the spirit realm. And that bound the demonic powers that were uniting the enemy against them. And suddenly there was confusion and strife. And, and uh, rather than the enemies being united now, they were divided against each other. They started killing each other. But the battle was won in the spirit when they started praising God. God's power was released and now the enemy was divided. And so the battle was won. The spiritual battle was won through praise and thanksgiving as they boldly declared the name of God. And you see, demonic forces cannot function in an atmosphere of praise when God's people are praising them with all their heart. And the, uh, this actual example of Jehoshaphat is an example of what I want to talk more about now, which is the sacrifice of praise. The kind of praise they were doing was a sacrifice of praise or a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Um, and that brings us to the next benefit of praise, but particularly the sacrifice of praise. Prepares the way and opens the door for God to release his power and salvation into our lives and situations. The sacrifice of praise. And um, the reason why it's called a sacrifice of praise is that it's easy to praise God and to thank God once the enemy is defeated, you could say, praise God, you've you won the battle, Lord. But they actually went out into the battle before the enemy was defeated. In other words, the, the, nothing had apparently changed in the natural. All their enemies were there arrayed against them. They were outnumbered. And yet they still praised God that God was going to give them the victory, that God's power was greater than the enemy. And that's called a sacrifice of praise because your flesh does not want to praise God. A sacrifice is something that costs you something. And when you don't see the answer or feel the answer, then you don't feel like praising God because it hasn't happened yet. But that's why it's a sacrifice of praise. You actually have to, you, it costs you something because you are now denying your flesh and you are expressing your faith in God, in his character, in his covenant keeping love. And because you're expressing your faith in who he is, it is a praise to God, but it's a sacrifice of praise. And that's what they did. Even when it seemed like they were hopelessly outnumbered, they went out with a sacrifice of praise, saying the Lord is good. His mercy, his covenant love endures forever. And when they gave that sacrifice of praise, it opened the door in the spirit for God's power to be released and to... Uh, into their situation. Uh, and that's what we're going to see is exactly what the sacrifice of praise does. In fact, Psalm 50, 23 is the key verse here. It says, whoever offers praise, and this is the word tauda, which is the word for a sacrifice of praise, whoever offers praise glorifies me. So if you offer a sacrifice of praise, you are glorifying God. You are saying that God, you're talking about who God is that he keeps his covenant, that he is faithful, that he is powerful. 
Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct to right, I will show the salvation of God. So the part that's translated right certainly is that God will demonstrate the salvation of God. So there's a connection here between the sacrifice of praise and the release of the power of God, the salvation of God. But the literal translation, the, the translation is a bit faulty here. Let me give you the literal translation. Whoever offers praise, literally tauda, or the sacrifice of thanksgiving, glorifies me, and to him who, when it says orders his conduct to right, it is actually to him who establishes a way, or he establishes a way. To him who establishes a way, I will show the salvation of God. And in the Hebrew parallel verse, it's basically saying, whoever offers praise glorifies me, and he is establishing a highway in the Spirit. He's establishing a way through which God may show or demonstrate his salvation. So it prepares the way, the sacrifice of praise, prepares the way for the glory of God to be revealed. And that's what we saw with Jehoshaphat. See, there's two types of thanksgiving. One is simply good manners. You thank God when he's done something for you. It's been manifested, and you thank him for it. You're acknowledging that he's the source of that good gift. Thank you, Lord, for the food on my table today. But the more powerful act of thanksgiving uh, is, is called the sacrifice of praise, and that requires more faith, because that is thanking God before you see it, based on God's promise to you. And because he's promised and because he's faithful, as far as you're concerned, it's as good as done. And so you thank him based on his promise. That's a sacrifice of praise. It costs you something because you probably, in, in a situation where you're, where you're looking to God to do something, but it's not manifest yet, you might say, well, I don't feel like thanking God right now. And that's why it's a sacrifice to do it. If you felt like it, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. So this is going to cost you something. Your flesh doesn't want to do it. You have to overcome your flesh and you have to thank God based on his promise. And that's more powerful. And in fact, the fact that um, it, it, you, it costs you something more uh, actually makes it more pleasing uh, to God that you would do that. And so Jehoshaphat, if you think about in their situation, they didn't feel like praising God. They, th they were thinking the natural, we're going to be killed. It's the last thing I want to do is go out praising God. It was a sacrifice of praise. And they were focusing that God is faithful. And thank you, God, you're going to come through for us. And when they gave that sacrifice of praise, it opened a highway in the spirit for God's power to move through that sacrifice and win the victory. Praise God. And so we should praise God even when we don't feel like it. It becomes a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Um, and, and so we saw what happened in the case of Jehoshaphat. In fact, when they were told in 1, 2 Chronicles 20 that this huge army was coming, Jehoshaphat, first of all, turned to the Lord. He, they proclaimed a fast. They all come to seek God. And then the, there was a prophetic word given. God spoke to them and said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. So they were, God is promising them to fight for them, to give them the victory. God would do it, he says. And he says, don't be afraid. Go out against them, for the Lord your God is with you. 
And so there's the promise of God. God gives his promise. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord, you see, and that they received the promise. They submitted to the promise. But that's not the end yet, because once you've received the answer by faith in your heart, you've received the promise, now it's time to give thanks. And you, what you have received in your heart, you now bring forth into manifestation by, through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving opens the door, opens the highway, through which God's power can move to bring it into manifestation. And so that's when he appointed the, the singers to go and praise the beauty of holiness. They went out in front of the army saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's the sacrifice of praise. And as soon as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were defeated because they, uh, they began fighting one another. And so this sacrifice of praise is called tauda, and literally tauda means to extend the hands in faith, a bit like this, in adoration and thanksgiving. And this time, the hands are, are extended in a receiving posture. Basically, you are reaching out and you are expressing your surrender to God, but also that you, 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 have, you receive what he's given you. And, and, and you are thanking him that he is going to bring it to pass in your life. And, and so it's acknowledging, it's looking up, it's acknowledging God as the source, and, and thanking him for his promise, and it's that expectation of receiving the answer, of receiving the manifestation, and thanking him for it. And as you thank him for it, that, as I say, opens the door for God to bring it to pass. And so Tauda actually uh, is, is essential in bringing the thing to pass. God needs our Tauda, it says, when we offer the Tauda, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, we establish a highway in the Spirit by which God says, I will show my salvation. I will manifest my salvation. It's interesting in Psalm 100, which is, talks about, it is introduced by the line, it's the song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to his people. And that this is a song of Tauda. It's about Tauda because of the Lord's faithfulness. Tauda is when you thank him for his faithfulness. He is faithful to keep his word. It's before you see the answer, you give thanks for it, based on his promise. And that's the same psalm in verse 4 that says, you enter his gates with thanksgiving, and that's the word tauda. You enter his gates with tauda, with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. In other words, this is very important that we thank you, thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in my life. It's expressing thanksgiving, not just for what he's manifested in the past, but for what he will do based on his promise. And so it, it's a sacrifice. It costs something. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. It's not the natural thing to do, to thank God in advance, but it's what God wants to see, that sacrifice. And when it costs us the most, the more a sacrifice it is, the more acceptable and precious it is to God. And it says in, in uh, Hebrews 13, 
and we see the meaning of it here as well. Verse 15, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise, to, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's his name. His, we are thanking him for his faithfulness. And then it talks about other sacrifices. It says, don't forget to do good and share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So in other words, when we do good, when we share, when we give, these are sacrifices. They cost us something, and God is well pleased with them. And also God is particularly pleased with the sacrifice of praise because it costs us something. It doesn't, it doesn't come naturally. It isn't what we feel like doing. But we give him thanks to honor him and our we're expressing our faith in him. And as I say, whoever offers the tauda glorifies me, and to him who, who establishes a way in the Spirit, I will show the salvation of God. It prepares the way for the glory of God to be revealed. And I, I see this in two ways. First of all, when we offer this precious sacrifice to God, this expression of our confidence in him, our faith in him, our love in him, our trust in him, that actually opens the gates or the doors of God's heart. So in the, it creates a way for God's power to be re released. First of all, because it, act, it opens the door of God's heart, it activates his grace, and, and, and it creates, therefore, a way for the, God's power to be released. And then also, it opens the gates of our own heart. It opens the, the, a highway, as it were, in the spirit between God through us. Our heart is open now to be a channel, and there's this highway now that's been established through our thanksgiving, through which God's power and salvation can flow. Praise God. And um, a great example of this is, is Jonah. Um, Jonah in, in the whale. We wouldn't think that would be a place to thank God. But in fact, in Jonah, he was thrown overboard, if you remember. And actually, Jonah sunk to the bottom of the ocean and he died. And if you look at his prayer in Jonah 2, he left his body and he went down into Hades, under the earth. And then, uh, and, but all the time he was praying trusting God, and God delivered him out of Hades, and he finds himself in the fish's belly. And uh, let's just quickly read that, Jonah 2. Then, God, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. So he's now come out of Hades, and he's in the fish's belly now. Now we'll see his prayer in a minute. But he uh, actually describes what happened to him now. He said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. So he's saying, I was in Sheol, I was in Hades, and I cried out of Hades, and you heard my voice. He's looking back. And then he looks at his story, for you cast me into the deep. He was thrown into the ocean into the heart of the seas. All the floods surrounded me. This is him sinking now. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I've been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. So he knew he was, he'd been out of fellowship with God, and yet he now has confidence that God's going to save him out of this situation. And even this is going on as he's sinking. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. In other words, in two or three minutes, he's running out of breath. He's about to die. The deep closed round about me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. He, 
He's now near at the bottom of the ocean. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, and he's the first person that saw mountains under the sea. And then he leaves his body and he goes under the earth. It says, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. And so he goes into Hades, but God rescued him. He was believing God and God rescued him, took him out of the pit. And what happened is that the fish came along and scooped up his body. Jonah came out of the pit after three days and found himself alive in the fish's belly. And then he says, when my soul fainted within me, that's when he's on the point of death, it says, I remember the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. And now Jonah is in the fish. He's had a partial deliverance, but he's still in the belly of the fish, so it's not all the way. And then he says, but I... It says in the translation, I will sacrifice, but literally it simply says, I sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. So here's Jonah in the, in the fish. This is a bad situation. He's got acid burns. He's going to die. But he knows that God has delivered him out of Hades, so God, God will complete what he started, and now he starts thanking him in advance. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. You're going to bring me out of this. Thank you, Lord. Your power is greater. You're going to deliver me from this fish, from this grave. And he says, salvation is of the Lord. Lord, you are my salvation. He gave the sacrifice of praise. And then verse 10, it says, so in response to this sacrifice of thanksgiving, it says, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. As he thanked God, it released the power of God and God caused the fish to vomit him out. And so we see the same with Paul and Silas. Do you remember they're in prison, Acts 16? They are singing praises to God. Do they feel like it? No, this is a sacrifice of praise. They're thanking God that God's going to turn this around for good. They don't feel like it, of course not. But as they give the sacrifice of praise, they opened up a highway in the spirit for God to work. There was an earthquake, the chains fell off, the doors were opened, and God release them from jail praise God and so the sacrifice of praise is one of the most powerful things you can do it costs you something to say I can't see anything going on right now but I thank you God you're going to bring your word to pass you're going to bring your promise to pass I thank you for it God is very pleased with that sacrifice of praise you are opening a door in the spirit for God's glory to be revealed if you're interested in a DVD of any of our programs uh, that is available to you uh, for five pounds. You can even order a list from us uh, that gives all the previous programs. Actually a lot of them are on YouTube. We eventually put them up on YouTube. But uh, you can get your own DVD of each program just by phoning the church office and, and ordering it from us. And if you need a list of the programs we can also make that available to you. I take tour groups to Israel every two years and I prepare a special guidebook for, for the group but it also would be of great value to you that uh, it gives so many pictures and information about the different places we go to and so I want to make that available to you. It's, it's £10, it's, it's full of pictures and diagrams and uh, helpful stuff especially if you're planning a trip to Israel soon. It's available for you. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel.
You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm, at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.